the Imro Radio Award-winning Tip Today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie Well, we're trying to look after your health on this uh, Monday morning with all the trials and tribulations uh, that are out there and all the bad news and stuff. Now, we all know that if you've had a bad night's sleep, the next day it can be game over indeed. It's hard to concentrate. You're yawning all day. And, funnily enough, you're prone to eating less nutritious meals if you're very tired as well. Well, Patrick McCone is a leading international expert on breathing and sleep and joins me now. Patrick, good morning to you. Good morning, Sam. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Great to talk to you today. What is it about, I mean, if, if we've had a bad night's sleep, we tend to want to eat all the wrong things, do we not? Uh, well, we can overeat, yeah. especially if we, if we have a bad night's sleep and if we're stopping breathing during sleep. So you can imagine somebody, they're asleep and they're snoring and then they stop breathing. So that can be a condition called obstructive sleep apnea and it, it plays up with hormones. And there's one hormone that will increase called ghrelin and ghrelin stimulates your appetite. And it's a vicious circle then because you eat more, you put on more weight this affects your breathing patterns, makes you more susceptible to sleep disorders. And it is all tied in with mental health, just as you mentioned, you know, with what's going on. There's a strong link between obstructive sleep apnea, which is often undiagnosed, and depression. And I can only have, or I can only think about the number of people with depression and mental health complaints, but they don't get their sleep investigated. And there's something overlooked there. Isn't that very interesting indeed? But that certainly would be your experience that people who have difficulty with the likes of sleep apnea could it can lead to, to mental health issues. Oh, there's no question. And this has been written about for 30 years. Um, one particular doctor who coined the phrase obstructive sleep apnea wrote about this back in the 1980s. And there's even more recent studies on it up until this day. And the other aspect is that people who are prone to trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, they have a higher susceptibility than to sleep issues and their recovery is going to be slower unless sleep is addressed. So I just feel sometimes with, with health that we kind of tend, we hone in on one function of the body without looking at the bi-directional relationship between one and another. And for breathing, for sleep and mental health, they are all tied in. And as you say, like it's not just with adults either, it's with children as well. Mm. I'll give you one, one study that was car- carried out in Stratford-upon-Avon it was published in 2012, they looked at 11,000 children in the UK and children who were snoring and having mouth breathing and apnea, if untreated by age age, they had a 40% increased risk of special education needs. So this has gone beyond just how the child is feeling on that day. And the issue is with children is that their brain grows and develops during slow wave sleep. So a child really, really needs this slow wave deep sleep because that's when their brain is developing. But any of us as adults know, if we've had a lousy sleep, we're not going to be in a great mood the following day. For sure, yeah. So we have to look at that connection. And to me, the, the simplest thing to do is start getting the mouth closed during sleep. And that starts with breathing through your nose during the day. Because if you have your mouth open during sleep, if you're waking up with a dry mouth in the morning, you're not likely to wake up feeling refreshed. And how can we train ourselves then to breathe through our nose? You can. There's about 50% of the adult population would wake up with a dry mouth in the morning. Yeah. Um, now, we we use a particular tape, to be honest with you, that we've been using for about 20 years. And 
But what I would say to people is start getting your mouth closed during the day. The more you breathe through your nose during the day, the better your nose works. And you can develop the habit by focusing on your breathing during the day and then making sure that prior to sleep that your lips are together, your jaws are relaxed. You don't want your teeth biting on top of each other because that can generate um, bruxing or clenching. And to wake up with the mouth closed and the tongue resting in the roof of the mouth, and that would be an ideal situation. Now, there's a tape that we use. It's called Myo Tape, which is my own tape. But I would start off getting your mouth closed during the day and for people to be more aware of it because mm. the nose is the only organ in the human body that serves any purpose in terms of breathing. Now, of course, we can breathe through the mouth, but the mouth actually doesn't do anything in terms of filtering or moistening or conditioning the incoming air. And mouth breathing is faster breathing. It's upper chest breathing. And when we breathe fast in upper chest during rest, the body is telling the brain that things are not okay. So the brain then could go into that fight or flight response because we can change our physiology by changing our breathing. And I can only think of, say, somebody going in to do an exam and you have a kid outside on on their way into the exam hall and the child is anxious and they're breathing a little bit faster and upper chest, well, that's going to impact their ability to concentrate. And even if that child understood, breathe through your nose and slow down the speed of the exhalation. Because whenever we take a soft breath in through the nose and that slow and relaxed and gentle exhalation, the body is telling the brain that things are okay. But if during rest we are breathing mouth, if we're sighing frequently, breathing upper chest, breathing fast, the body is telling the brain that things aren't okay. And the brain is here to protect us. So it's very important, the signals that we send the brain. And this research has been out over the last 30 years with vagus nerve and heart rate variability. So there's objective data on it. But we can change our own states by changing breathing. That's very interesting. The last time you spoke to me, there was a huge interest in that tape you're talking about, uh, that uh, tape to keep our mouths uh, closed while we're while we're sleeping. Is that available on your online? Yes, there's a website called myotape.com. Will you spell so that for M- me? M Y O tape.com. And most of our work is in the United States, so it's priced in dollars. But it's twenty five dollars for three months supply, which is it's about twenty five euro now at the moment because the dollar is almost almost on par. Um, but for yeah, it's not everybody needs the tape. But for those people who persistently wake up with a dry mouth in the morning, it's mm. very important. And the other thing that I would say is that I wrote an article that was published in Irish Dentist this autumn, and it's looking at the impact of mouth breathing and sleep, but also mouth breathing on dental health, because if we have the mouth open, we're more prone to inflammation of the gums and dental cavities and bad breath. So when you go into your dental surgery and you're seeing a poster up on the wall about good oral hygiene, toothbrushing and eating the right foods, we also should be thinking about nose breathing because it's the saliva in the mouth that helps to protect the teeth and promote good dental health. So nose breathing is, for me, is a, should be as highly regarded as toothbrushing. That's very interesting indeed. Um, if if your nose breathing while you're asleep, I presume you don't snore, do you? Well, you can snore through your nose, but you're not going to snore through your mouth because your mouth is closed. Right. So anybody who snores through the mouth, and they can, you you'll know by the sound, it goes like this. The mouth snore goes like this. So once the mouth is closed, mouth snoring stops, and nose snoring goes a little bit like this. So nose snoring, there's turbulence inside the nose and the nasopharynx. 
Now, we can have to reduce nasal snoring, but we may not get rid of it because it's also going to be influenced by the anatomy of the nose. If somebody has a deviated septum or a very compromised nose, and the other thing is, this is where I would always say to people, don't just tape your mouth tonight. Make sure you can actually breathe comfortably through your nose. Yes. And start spending a few days breathing through your nose. And if your nose does feel stuffy, there are simple techniques that you can do to help decongest it, such as holding the breath. But go easy if you have anxiety or panic disorder. Uh, don't do it if you're pregnant, for example. You know, it's just using, um, yeah, like, the the exercise we put up we put up online anyway they're available on YouTube and they work pretty well but the one thing about the human nose it's a wonderful organ once we use it it's very interesting and if during the day we want to get used to the notion of breathing through our nose like how how do you do that is it just like when you're not yapping when you're not talking just to breathe comfortably through your nose is that it yeah pretty much well be a sad sad person who's going to be talking all day although I'm sure it can happen every now and again. Yes, yeah. You know, there's, there's plenty of times where we have silence and I think it's also very good to take our attention out of our mind and onto our breathing and just to be a little bit more self-aware and it can help to bring a solace to the mind as well because overthinking is often an addiction and quite simply an addiction is when we cannot stop and we have developed the habit of thinking and we can't always switch off the mind but when we bring our attention onto our breathing and we hold our attention on the breath, we're taking our attention out of the mind. Now, I would go beyond this. This is not just about awareness of the breath, but actually change your breathing patterns to downregulate, especially when you're feeling stressed. And a simple tool is always think of the speed of your exhalation. And if you have that gentle breath in through your nose and that relaxed and slow and prolonged exhalation, and you're focusing on nasal breathing, but you're also focusing on slowing down the exhalation, you can have to change your state. And all it takes is about 30 seconds. Now, even though if you feel you're really wound up and you feel that the breathing technique isn't doing much for you, it is, but you may not feel it. But when looking at that and heart rate variability, we can show that the cha- we can change physiology in as little as 30 seconds by just slowing down the exhalation. It's most interesting. Why why do we not teach this in our schools? I mean, it wouldn't be great if our kids knew about this. Well, I would love to see it being taught in schools. Um, you know, it is starting to come to the, the the more attention, more awareness of it now. It's like it's taken about 20 years from our end. Um, we're starting to see it happening. Children who are mouth-breathing don't fare so well. I was a mouth-breathing child. I had undiagnosed sleep disorders. Your focus is impacted, your concentration is impacted, your academic ability is impacted. Now, I got my degree, but it took a lot of work and it could have been a lot easier. And there must be hundreds of thousands of children in the same situation. Between 25 to 50 percent of studied children persistently mouthbreed. So it's very common. And I think it gets overlooked because it's so simple. No child should be walking into a dental surgery or to a doctor's or any healthcare professional going in with their mouth open without the healthcare professional encouraging that child to breathe through their nose. I wished that they would have instructed and told me or requested or encouraged me to breathe through my nose as a child. I came across this when I was 26 years of age. It completely transformed my life. And I've seen it with hundreds of thousands of people. And because our work now, we have about 3,000 instructors in 50 countries. So we get a lot of information coming back to us, even though we're based in the west coast of Ireland. And we see the impact it has. But, you know, 
even about three weeks ago, I spoke at the American Academy of Physiological Medicine and Dentistry. And here you have a thousand healthcare professionals all interested in sleep and dentistry and nasal breathing. It, they are aware of nasal breathing, but unfortunately not all healthcare professionals are aware of the importance of nose breathing. I think it will happen. And when that happens, the schools then will start to embrace it. But it's going to have to take that. It's very interesting. You told us about myotape.com. What about your own website if people want to find out more about what it is you do, Patrick? Sure. Our main website is oxygenadvantage.com and we have another website then, butecoclinic.com. So Buteco mm. Clinic will be more for health, for asthma, for sleep issues, for anxiety, panic disorder. And the Oxygen Advantage is more for mental and physical performance. Right. And can people get help from you online as well? Can you see people online or how does that work? Yes, we, we have workshops continuously ongoing mm. and we have a lot of instructors internationally as well. Mm. And so, and we have courses and everything is available. We're also going to release a new app in about four weeks' time and we've put about $150,000 into it. So it's self-funded. We funded it ourselves. And the purpose of the app is it's going to contain every breathing exercises to change states and we're putting the app out for free. There's no subscription. There's no request for emails. There's nothing. Basically, the user downloads the app and they will have a library of different breathing exercises they can put in, input their data, and it will give them a specific sequence of exercises to do that day with different purposes. So the, the goal of this is really to drive awareness and to get it out there. And it is happening. You know, there's a number of books that have been written that have really been prominent in, in generating awareness. And we think that the app is going to help with that. I do feel it's time you know, that even if we consider the anxiety and panic disorder population, 75% of them have dysfunctional breathing. And their dysfunctional breathing is feeding into their anxiety and panic disorder. It's very important to show people how can you change your breathing patterns. And this is going way beyond mindfulness. I'm a fan of mindfulness, but I often feel that when the mind is in a state of emotional turmoil, the last thing you want to be doing is observant of your breath. How can we change breathing with simple techniques that we don't even need to pay attention to our breathing, but we can change states by changing breathing. And I think it needs to get out there. What, so the what will the app be, be called, or do you know that yet? Yes, Oxygen Advantage. Oxygen Advantage, okay. There will be a huge interest in that, I would imagine. Uh, Patrick, thanks for your time this morning. Always a pleasure. Very much. Thank you. Bye-bye Thank to you. So Bye-bye now. That's Patrick McKeown there uh, speaking to us this morning. That's Myotape, M-Y-O. T-A-P-E dot com because I know there will be a lot of people aren't uh, looking for that. All right, we'll take a break and then we'll have a look at uh, sport. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie